Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. Starting a brand new series today. You know, when I was in quarantine, I um, began to watch a lot of TV. I mean, you just, you know, I, you just, you know, you just uh, read my Bible. I did read my Bible. And I watched a lot of TV. And, um, but, but I watched an old movie. It was a movie that I um, remember when I was just a teenager came out and it was called Home Alone. Anybody remember that movie? Christmas classic. It's, it's about a little boy named Kevin. His family in the hustle and bustle of Christmas season get on an airplane, go to France, and leave him at home. But you know, Kevin was resilient. Matter of fact, he just took the house over. He learned how to run the house, how to learn how to shop. I mean, he was only eight. Matter of fact, he had to fight off bandits that wanted to steal his home. And being home alone, he just became resilient and eventually, at the end of the movie, Kevin helped help restore another broken family. And when I watched that movie, I thought, man, so many are home alone right now. You know, the whole Christmas message is about four, started with four people that were alone that God visited. You know, when I watched the movie, I was reminded this is what Kevin looked like when he found himself home alone. <laughs> Anybody felt like this lately? I have. That's what Kevin looked like. He just needed help. But eventually he survived. And for so many of us, we're walking out of this season where we've been quarantined. Now today is Channel the Flannel Sunday in our kids and our youth. So I thought I'd join them. And my daughters helped me out. And I thought I'd channel the flannel today. And so our kids were all celebrating. Matter of fact, I walked in and I saw black and red flannels all over the church today. But, but when I begin to think about where we are as people of faith and where we're walking, there's so many of us that have felt alone, not because of isolation or quarantine, just because of the season we've been in. So you can be in a crowded room and still be alone. You can be in a room and a multitude of people and still feel isolated. You can feel like your voice is not heard or no one cares. You can be isolated at home. Maybe you are today. And you feel like this isolation is now a season of suffocation that is taking the life out of you. I find that the word of God in the book of Isaiah, a book that is foretelling things to come, not only to the people of God in the present, but setting the stage for the Messiah, Jesus, to arrive. The Old Testament is all about the coming of Jesus. From Genesis all the way through the minor prophets and the major prophets, they were laying the foundation and the runway for the King of Glory's arrival. Starting out in the very few first chapters of Genesis, the Father said, He's coming. And every prophet would declare it and foretell it. And Isaiah, being one full of the riches of prophecy, Begin to speak to the people of God of the present, but yet the people of God to come. 
And he said this, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And over and over, God began to speak that he was there. The psalmist said that he was a very present help in a time of trouble. I am there in your now, and I am declaring your tomorrow, and I'm covering your yesterday all at the same time. That's the kind of God we serve. He's timeless. He's spaceless. He's in your present. He's in 2020. And some of us walked into 2020. It doesn't take much of a leader to get 2020 and parallel with vision. Now, I wish I had 2020 vision, but when I hit 40, I got these. Well, we walked in 2020, it's a year of vision. How many, how, how many walked in just believing that? And declared? That's easy. It doesn't take much of a leader to put all that together. It doesn't take a branding expert to take the year 2020 and align it with vision. And we walked in. It was clear vision. And we walked in declaring that it was going to be a prophetic year. And for some of us now, it feels like a pathetic year. And you're just like, I, I need to get through this year. And you walked in. But here's what I do believe. It is going to be a year of vision. But it is going to be a year of hindsight where you look back and say now I see what God did in January and I see what God did in February and I see what God did in March when we shut the country down and I see what he did in April and in May and June, July, August, September, October, November and in December. I see what he was doing to lead me into a new year and a new season and what happens is over and over they begin to declare that Jesus was on the way and there were 400 years of silence. 400 years the heavens were closed and God said nothing. And we find the New Testament begins to open in the book of Luke. And we find that there's these four people, this cast of characters, and they're all alone, but yet in their alone moments, God begins to speak. We find that it starts out with a priest named Zechariah. In chapter 5 of the book, the first book of Luke, it says this, In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them are righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. They were both very old in age. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. What happens is Zechariah the priest is chosen. Well, you have to understand 
The possibilities of Zechariah becoming the chosen priest to burn incense of the altar for that moment were staggering. It literally was a lottery system. Seven to 8,000 priests, and one was chosen that day to burn incense by a lottery. They drew his name. So literally the statistics and the percentage of him being able to go in and burn incense were, were astronomical. The deck was stacked against him. Furthermore, he was an older priest. Priest had to retire at 50 years of age. I'm glad that's not the rule today. I wouldn't have long left. But they would have to retire at 50 years of age. So he only had a few years, and his name was drawn. And it took him inside the place of worship to burn incense, to pray and worship. And in this moment of prayer and worship, after missing days and missing years of promise, even though they had been faithful, finding themselves alone in this season, God shows up by the way of an angel. And the angel said to Zechariah, he said, Zechariah, he said his name. You know, the name Zechariah simply means this, the Lord remembers. Sometimes God in such subtle ways reminds us that he knows. Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. You're going to have a son. Matter of fact, this promise has already been named. His name is John. And he will be a joy to all who know him and they will rejoice at his birth. Matter of fact, he will have favor in the sight of the Lord. God has heard your prayer. Now, Elizabeth is alone. And in this moment, God begins to work. The deck, the deck is stacked against them. The numbers aren't really working out. Age is slipping away. Time is suffocating the belief system of their life. But in a moment unexpected, a moment of prayer, in a moment of worship, a moment of isolation, God shows up and begins to speak. But he was not just speaking to Zechariah because it wasn't long in that same chapter in verse 26. He shows up to a young girl's house named Mary. In verse 26 it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, to, the same angel Gabriel to Nazareth, in a town called Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth six month. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled to me. Then the angel left her. Here's what happens. God speaks to Zechariah. He goes home and tells Elizabeth. And they're waiting on the word to be produced in their life. 
And now God shows up with the same angel at Mary's house. Mary's just going about her business. She's just probably doing daily chores. She's not a, a woman of notoriety. She's not Mother Mary that we know today or the Virgin Mary that we know today. She's just Mary from the block. <laughs> Mary from the neighborhood. She's just a young girl in a common town engaged to a common boy. And God shows up. I find that God will take the least likely of people when they have a right heart. And he shows up at the house of Mary and Gabriel begins to speak. And she's alone in this moment. And I'm telling you, it blows her mind. She's just going about house chores and God shows up in the living room. And I'm telling you, it's one thing if God speaks at church, but an angel showing up at home and Mary's just staggered. And then the word is this. God is going to give you a son and he's going to restore the throne of David. He's going to rule over the house of Jacob. He's going to establish a kingdom that has no end. A baby was big enough. And then she says, how can this be? Now watch. Both times the angel said to Zechariah, Mary, and eventually Joseph, do not fear. There, there, there is a pandemic that I believe is sweeping through people today. And it's not just a virus, but it's a pandemic of fear. And it's in the heart of people and in the minds of people. In every instance, in these alone moments, the angel said, do not fear. Because if there is anything that can stop the work of God in your life, if there is anything that can silence the word of Lord in your life, it is fear. Do not fear. You've got to be people of faith. Do not fear, Zechariah. Do not fear, Mary. Do not fear, Joseph. Ah, fear will silence and cut you off because fear allows other voices to come in. Matter of fact, fear will allow you voice to come in and Mary said how can this be I've not known a man he said I'm glad you asked he said the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the most high is going to overshadow you and he said God is in this you have found favor you have pleased God and Mary did not understand it this word was crazy this word was bigger than Mary this word was bigger bigger than all of her planning this was more than just the registry to her engagement this was more than just the little plans her and Joseph had this was a life-altering word that she caught in an alone moment. And all of a sudden, something rises up within Mary. And the King James says it like this. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. You know what Mary was simply saying? Yes, I don't understand it. I can't figure out what you're doing. I don't know. This is a crazy year. I didn't see all this happening. But yes, yes, I, I really can't put all the pieces together. I can't even tell you how it's all going to work out. But the one thing I do believe is God is speaking so I say yes and I believe if God is saying anything in these alone moments it's do not fear I need a yes I need a yes from somebody I need somebody to rise up and say God I can't figure it out but I say yes I say yes I say yes come on give him praise and a yes this morning See, what you have to understand, this was a crazy time, but here's the first. God is speaking in these moments. I'm telling you, you may feel isolated right now, but God is speaking. You may be lost right now, but God is speaking. You may not understand what's going on, but God is speaking. You may be wondering how it's all going to work out and where is God in any of this? God is speaking. But God was not only speaking, God was working. God was putting pieces and things into motion. John is about to arrive. 
Jesus is six months behind. John is going to prepare the way for Jesus. He's going to baptize Jesus. He's going to declare prophetically that Jesus is the Lamb of God that will take away the sin of the world. I'm telling you, he's putting all the things in place. God is working. And I am telling you, God is not only speaking in 2020, but God is working in 2020. God is at work. He has never left the job. He has never taken a day off. He's still at work. And even though it wasn't what I expected or the things that I would have planned, I have to believe that God is working in it all that God is maneuvering in his grace and in his mercy and through his faithfulness to put a peace in place and I'm telling you we are going to look back with clear vision I said it was like he did this and then he did this and then he worked out this and then he took away this but then he added this and then he built this and then he tore this down but then he resurrected this I didn't see it coming I didn't realize I was going to meet this person I didn't realize I would connect to this person and I begin to see And I begin to understand that God is not only speaking and working, but God is connecting. He's putting pieces together. And I just see the scattered pieces of the puzzle, but God sees the finished work. And he sees where this piece connects to this piece. And this piece, I, I see how Elizabeth and Zechariah now connect to Mary and Joseph. But not only was God speaking and working and connecting, God is performing. God is on display in these moments. He's performing everything that has been spoken in an Old Testament, starting in the book of Genesis. He's putting all the pieces that were spoken through major prophets and minor prophets, through every verse and every chapter of an Old Testament. He is putting these things in place and he is aligning every prophecy that is leading us to a stable in Bethlehem. He is unleashing a kingdom that will have no end and he is performing. Matter of fact, he is putting all the pieces to perform his word and we find this is, this is beginning to build. It's happening in Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's happening with Joseph and Mary and something comes over Mary and in verse 39 Mary needs to find somebody to connect in faith with and it's at that time Mary got ready and hurried to town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth and when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting the baby leapt in her womb And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, and it reached my ear, the baby in my womb began to leap and jump for joy. Blessed is he... who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. This is what happened. She walks into her cousin's house, doesn't think it's any big deal, and the minute she says, Elizabeth! Elizabeth is staggered. The Bible says she's filled with the Holy Spirit, and the promise that is in her that has been dormant up to this moment begins to jump. The promise that has been deposited in Elizabeth begins to leap. And something happens because this 
moment that they, they captured in an alone time, a moment that they captured over here by themselves, Zechariah worshiping in the temple, Mary in her house, Joseph over here by himself where the Holy Spirit and the word of the Lord had to come to him to settle him because God was working and all this madness is now coming together. And the Bible says the word that was in Mary now begin to connect to the word that was in Elizabeth and the word that was in Elizabeth begin to come alive what if your yes would activate the word in someone else's life? What else? What if closing out 2020, your yes and your yes and your yes caused the promise in someone else to begin to live? What if just you saying, Lord, I don't understand, but I say yes. Well, I can't figure it out, but I say yes. I can't put all this together. It's beyond me, but I say yes. Cause the promise in somebody else's life, maybe your children, maybe your spouse, maybe those that are in your neighborhood, neighborhood or at the work that are just struggling through life trying to get through 2020 but somebody rose up with the yes and decided we're going to close this year outright we're going to close with the yes I don't know how it's all going to work out but I say yes I say yes I say yes because here's the reality if Mary would have said no it may have been the virgin Sarah listen it may have been the virgin Stephanie because here's the reality God desires to use you, but he doesn't have to use you. He wants to use me. But if I negate the purpose of my life without a yes, because the angel knew the only thing that could silence the the voice and the promise of God was the gateway of fear. Fear not. All three of them, fear not. Fear not. Do not be afraid. I just, just hear me out. Sounds crazy, but God's in this. It doesn't make sense, but God's in this. You're not going to be able to figure it out, put it together, purchase it, negotiate it, but God's in this. Do not fear. And it was that yes that activated the heavens. But what if? She said, you know, I don't know about all this. I've got a plan. Me and Joseph are getting married. We've got a little house picked out. We can live over here in the neighborhood. Joseph got a carpentry business, and you know, it's gonna be good. You know, what if her plans would have negated the plan? What if the overwhelming moment of being alone would have negated what God was saying and what God was doing? I don't want this moment that we're walking through to cause anything but faith to rise up. I don't want this moment that we're walking through as a people, as a nation, to cause anything else but faith to rise up and a yes rise out of my spirit and us as a corporate body with a resounding yes to what God is saying. Because I'm telling you, I look back at the year and say, I've never seen one like this. Pastor Tim, I've never experienced anything like that. I've never had to navigate through this kind of stuff as a pastor. But I do know this, none of this has caught God off guard. And Mary had to be resolute, say, you know what? I don't know, but I just trust you do. I can't figure this out, but I just trust you do. I can't put all these pieces together, but I, I just trust you see the big picture. Because here's really, here's the reality of it all. There were four people that were alone, but there was a big picture. There were four people that were alone, but there was a big plan. 
and every one of them are connected to a greater purpose. And the minute I realize, you know, I'm not alone. He's a very present help in a time of trouble. I may not be in a church filled with people, but God is here. God is with me. He is in my midst. He is where I am at. And I just say, yes, Lord. I just say, yes, Lord. And I'm telling you, the yes activated the heaven. The angel said, that's all I needed to hear. I'm out. The angel said, you know what? That's going to activate the promise in your life. And I'm believing as we wrap up 2020 and we walk in with faith to 2021, we're just going to believe that what God's done this year is preparing us for our next year. And we're going to walk in declaring our best is yet to come and our latter will be greater than our former. And we just say yes. I can't figure it out, but I say yes. It's beyond me, but I say yes. I don't know how it's going to end, but I say yes. Somebody shout yes. Because my personal words always connected to a master plan. I'm going to say that again. When God shows up in these moments and speaks to me, it's really not even about me. It's about him. It was bigger than Mary. It was bigger than Joseph. It was bigger than Zachariah. It was bigger than Elizabeth. But I believe God was saying, I want to show you how much I'm in this. We're going to draw your name on this day to worship at the temple. Mary, I'm going to blow your mind when I show up in your living room. Joseph, I'm going to revolutionize your life because I'm going to allow you to take Mary to Bethlehem and you're going to turn a manger into a throne room. Yes. Yes. And I'm praying in this Christmas season, in these alone moments, that isolation turns into revelation. in these moments that are alone maybe you're there today watching at church online maybe you're thinking does anybody even remember me I've not been at church in six months and they forgot we, we pray for you every day matter of fact when I haven't seen you I asked one of the staff does anybody talk to this one or this one but we pray for you we pray for those that are in this room and those that will come at other services but I do know this. When your yes and your yes and your yes and my yes become a corporate yes, something begins to happen. God begins to reveal his kingdom. And a young couple probably not really understanding the gravity of what God was doing just simply said yes what if your yes changed everything come on let's stand together today you know little Kevin he was home alone And it wasn't long that after the house began to run that the wet bandits tried to get into the house. Anybody remember the wet bandits? And little Kevin, he set traps for the enemy. He knew the enemy in this alone moment was going to try to steal, try to take. 
So he became not just a defensive person. He began to set traps for the enemy. What you've got to understand is this. In these moments, you need to be on guard. You just need to anticipate that the adversary is going to try to slide up next to you and speak into your ear. You just need to believe that he's going to try to sidetrack you from the master plan. That's good. That's Home Alone music right there. Man, this, I'm telling you, these guys are on point. We'll be serving popcorn in the lobby after. Here's what I do know. Your yes filled with faith silences the enemy and the thief's no. So I just say yes. Yes to the king. Yes to his purpose. Yes to his plan. And I'm praying that city life in this crazy season, we rise above all the craziness we see on the news, all the craziness we see in our world, and we just like this young girl did. I can't figure it out. It's beyond me. But yes. Yes. I'm going to pray over it today. And I'm just going to pray that your yes is grounded in faith. And your yes becomes a roar in this season. And your yes unlocks the promise in someone else. Father, I pray today. Father, I thank you, Father, that in spite of what we see, you're speaking. In spite of what we know, you're working. Even though we may not understand, you're connecting, Father, and you're performing. I pray for those that feel alone right now. Come on, if that's you, just slide your hand up. Or you can be in this crowded room and still feel alone. You can be at home and feel like you're isolated. Father, I declare that you are there. I pray that your presence becomes more real. I pray, Father, that you would show up and you would deposit a fresh word. I pray that faith would begin to rise. I pray that doubt and unbelief and fear would be silenced. And I pray right now, Father, that we would grab hold of your word and just declare yes. Yes to a now season. Yes to a new season. Yes to a promise. Yes to a purpose. Yes to your plan. And yes to your presence. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today, and we'll see you next time.